Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seria Chronicles is a Media Chronicles production. Hi, Nikki. This is like my fifth time trying to send you a postcard. So, hello, Nikki. Hello to everyone else. Um, here I am in Monaco in a hotel room wearing my kimono, um, trying to record this postcard that keeps going wrong. I cannot even begin to explain why this isn't working. It just isn't. And the Wi-Fi here sucks. Um, so I'm going to stop complaining a little bit, but just, just give me some room to complain because I, I just, I don't understand why Wi-Fi is isn't there like a million satellites in the world right now? Um, I probably sound really terribly ignorant, but um, I just kind of feel like if you're getting a good hotel, then you kind of hope that the Wi-Fi works and I've had problems with it all day, um, other than also the problems of trying to, to watch these games. But the Champions League draw happened, uh, obviously in Monaco, a lot of football people here, so I hot-footed it here to get in on the action and mingle with some people. Um, it is, it's been fabulous so far, not to mention that I finally got to have a little bit of a swim in the sea uh, after crazy summer. But let's not talk about me anymore and let's talk about the football. Oh gosh, Nikki, you know on WhatsApp, I was telling you about the problems I had with trying to watch the UV game. I am now exhausted, um, but I kind of don't want to start there. I want to start off by talking about Napoli and Lazio. And there's an element of me that kind of feels like this is a I told you so. So I do the show with uh, Flash Gordon, uh, Gordon Watson, who played for Charlton Athletic, Sheffield Wednesday, different, pla- different places. But we do this betting show. And, he, and a lot of people were convinced that Lazio were going to lose their third match in a row. And... And I just remembered, Nikki, you were in my brain because you're talking about how much Sally was complaining and what I thought about it, about his complaints about going away from home against these big teams. And I thought it was funny because obviously, like, you know, he's losing to Lecce, right? So it was like, try to win the small ones first and then worry about the big ones. Incidentally, it's the big one that I wasn't worried about. I was almost convinced that he was going to get the win here. And there's been a lot of drama about this Napoli side, um, about their defending, about the absence of Kim. But there's also this other part of me that's like, I think this is just, it's not hugely 
something that I'm worried about. Um, Osterman wasn't great, so I, I get the, the worry there. But overall, I think people forgetting what Lazio did to Napoli last season and just their style of play and how much that really makes a team like Napoli uncomfortable. Um, even Milan, when when they became very vertical, this is you know this is a different side to the to Rudy Garcia. I'm sorry, this this side is different to Spalletti's Napoli, but. It is obvious that Lazio under Maurizio Sarri have been a very compact side. Um, they really do shut down uh, all the gaps and try to shut down all the channels and work to then be really vertical when they need to be. Uh, they don't necessarily need possession of the ball. And actually, one of my favourite things last season was watching the, their two matches against Napoli. The first one in particular was so up and down the whole time. Lazio were great for stretches. Napoli were great for stretches. It ended with a Napoli win at the time, but I thought Lazio should have gotten a draw. Second time they played each other, Lazio then got the win. And for me, they were so entertaining because they were so tactically fun to watch. There were some great technical performances from the players in, in general. Um, and it was just interesting to see different sides, different attitudes, different way of approaching the game and knowing how exciting for me, Maurizio Sarri and Spalletti are in terms of, you know, sort of playing like your tactical chess. And a lot of the problems we saw, you know, Napoli suffer with last season, they suffered with again this time around. Um, and so I wasn't shocked by this loss. I think there's a lot to be worked upon when it comes to defending. And I get that. There's a lot of questions being asked right now of Rudy Garcia and why um, Natan that they brought in hasn't yet started. And he said, look, the guy needs time. I don't think he's settled in yet, so I don't want to play him yet. And he's allowed to do as he wants. Um, I'm a little bit... I don't know how I feel about his changes when he brings on Simeone and alongside Osserman. And then I, I feel like it might be too much where that's probably where I wouldn't have made my changes, but I'm not like a coach. So obviously Garcia knows best. Garcia knows what he's trying to achieve. But I, and I feel that... Lazio in these types of games really shine. Last year, where I thought it's very hard to, must be really hard to be a, a Maurizio Sarri, like a player under Maurizio Sarri, because I feel like other than the fact that they are trained, you know, tactically, and they have to, and they're playing for 90 minutes, which is physically exerting, but you have to also be so mentally concentrated to pull off his tactics sometimes, especially against these top teams, which you're not always in the mood for um and i i found it remarkable especially this the the second time that they played each other last season how switched on the team needed to be to to keep their lines to be so compact to make every movement go perfectly because it's almost synchronized in the way that they move um but you'll be you'll be much more capable of doing this in the big teams when you are again when you're playing the big sides when you are motivated so I understand it this time around my only fear about Napoli is that last season they were exceptional um we've had talks about the fact that no one was really except for them so they didn't have that guy they didn't have this team chasing them the whole way through where it was really tight and, and nervy they had such a big gap over the next challenging team. So, and, and that challenging team kept changing, right? Whether it was Lazio, Inter or Juventus or whoever. 
And so you felt that, you know, they could sort of go through without facing all the uncomfortable psychological effects of being chased in the league for being champions. But my worry has always been psychological when it comes to Napoli. You know, when the tough gets going, when you need to really step on yourself and fight for everything, do they have a love and lions on the pitch like the fans were demanding? And I'm interested to see whether Rudy Garcia can get that out of them because I think that's where they've always fallen. They didn't last year. Last year they were spectacular. We all know that. Will they fall this year? Will they be that team that are just so hungry and so desperate for glory that they can repeat this again? And I think that's the question mark. It's not defensive compactness. I think they'll find their way defensively. I really do. I'm not that worried about them as much as everyone else is because I like their midfield. And as long as I like their midfield, um, I feel like I'm, I'm sure of this defense working out in some way. Um, they'll concede for sure, but I think the attack is good enough to to, to present a balanced um, side. So my issue with them will continue to be from a mentality point of view. But for that too, I'm glad that they're finally um, capable of showing us what they can do. So Milinkovic Savage, still a loss. Either way, um, I also kind of want to talk about Lecce because we had talked about the relegation battle. And I was convinced that Lecce was going to be relegated, like so convinced at the time. Um, I, I put them down as a bet of mine to be relegated just because I thought Marco Baroni really managed to so hard to do all that he can to keep them up. And I just wasn't sure about some of the, the players that they brought in. But another win against Salernitana, where I was honestly, I thought Paolo Sousa would have would have sort of dealt with this game a little bit differently but a lot of freedom for the wings. I think Diverse is doing a terrific job at the moment. And here's the thing, like, I guess my question about Lecce, right, is that it, it's about their coach. I thought Parma under Diversa were just stunning to watch. He was such a, a good coach for players like Kulisevsky, for offensive wingers, for the movement. It was so dynamic, his Parma side. It was so quick. Um, they would just race down... And, and score goals and you just always felt scared playing against them even though they weren't a team that had all the technical capabilities of size like obviously Inter and Milan and Juve um, but they were fun to watch and I really liked the coach and I started to think this guy could, could really be something and then of course I watched him at Sampdoria and I thought maybe he's not a great coach <laughs> maybe this, maybe I've gotten this wrong um, but Sampdoria, as we know, had their own problems. And now, on, you know, now his new adventure is at Lecce. He really believed in this when he was, when he talked about getting the job, he really felt like this was the right team to, to choose um, to relaunch his career, if you will. And I, and I just feel like the way that Lecce have started, they, they really started with a bang. So I, I've got to say right now, I'm starting to not only think that they're going to avoid relegation. <laughs> I mean, hold on. They've they've played three, one, two, drawn one. They have the same result as Juventus. Okay, but I'm starting to think that's not that they'll only avoid relegation, but I think that they could be a team that you know can challenge sort of your Torinos, if you will, and your Bolognas. I. I I'm skipping the gun. I, I mean, I, it's a hot take. Is that how you say it? I feel like I've stopped knowing how to speak English. It's not skipping the gun. Nikki, you'll change that for me. Um, 
this is what happens sometimes when you're a polyglot. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I, I, I'm excited about Litchie, but I'm less excited about Juventus. So they manage, I think watching Milan has, there's a part of me that's super excited for them. There's a part of me that didn't want them to be so good because I wasn't that happy with their decision to get rid of Maldini. But that's just my own being petty kind of thing where I was like, oh, so you sold Tonani, you sold Maldini. You don't understand what the fabric of this club is, what this club means to Italy. And then then they're like flying and there's a part of me that's like, damn it, how did they do that? Um, I got, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if any of you heard, but like ever, there was in, in many ways for Lani, who is um, part of management, wasn't so well loved and, and accused of quite a lot of pushing out um, Maldini, for example. So Milan doing so well has gotten me being like, wow, um, but Pioli's Pioli, right? He might just be the best Italian coach at the moment. Or is it Simone Inzaghi? Because Inter, look, ridiculous ridiculous i mean marcus Turan just looks like he 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 seamlessly has like f- managed to find his way within this interside really doing special kind of stuff um his movements is terrific and i thought it's really interesting that you've got a milan legend in in george weyer and his kid is playing at juventus and then you have this juventus legend lillian Turan, and his kid is playing at Inter. So now we need an Inter legend whose kid goes on to play at Milan, just to just to make it a nice round circle. Um, anyway, just a, a random thought that I had, but they look very strong right now. Inter. In fact, they look almost too strong. And between them and Milan, I, I feel like I'd probably bet on Inter just because I'm yet to see what Milan can do against a really strong attack. I'm not convinced Roma have this strong attack just just yet. So. Um, Yes, jury's still out for me on Roma, but I'm 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 scared of this interside. I'm really scared. Uh, so those two, I think, will be challenging for the Scudetto. And I don't. It's not that I. I mean, Juventus had a, a relatively easy, well, a very easy one actually against Empoli. Um, Empoli are really shockingly bad this season, and I think they're probably a team that we could look at for possible relegation. I know it looks like this is another hot take, three games in, but. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, they've got talented technical players. They do. It's just, I'm not that keen on their strategy under Zanetti. Anyway, that's a different conversation. I think that when you look at Juventus, you start to wonder whether the team is of the level that I expect from Juventus. Obviously, in the way that we, we work is that I'll watch... I, I cover a lot of European football in general. And so a lot of the time what I'm doing is watching a lot of Inter, a lot of Milan, a lot of, a lot of Juve and Napoli, but perhaps less of your Lecce's and Salernitana's, right? Um, and, I, and I just feel that I've gone used to watching a very high level of football. And right now I watch Juve and I don't see a high level of football. I see a lot of technical errors. 
I see Miretti who can progress the ball wonderfully, but is also a kid who makes a lot of mistakes that are very frustrating to watch. And I need to show patience with him, obviously, because it's, he's still a kid, right? But there's a part of me that's like, yeah, this is Juventus. Like, unless you're going to do it straight away, then... But you have to accept this is a different Juventus. So I guess perhaps what I mean to say is that they have different expectations. Um, and I and I shouldn't expect too much from this side. I look at Keza and Vlaovic and they're players that anyone would want in their team. And yet, there are, again, like Keza scored a magnificent goal, one of the most beautiful players. But there are still things that he does that make me very angry. Like when he chooses to pass the ball, he chooses to pass to Vlaovic when Vlaovic is surrounded by four players. And I just think... Do you, do you think that's the right move right now? Um, like, how is he going to shake off four players to, to receive this ball? I look at Vlaovic and, I mean, the chemistry is not there yet. Allegri insists that it will grow. Potentially, I, I don't see it. I think the midfield is not that great. I see a finish from Pogba that was outstanding. And I think, yeah, that's like the that that side of Pogba is the is what I would expect of Juventus player that level of technique no errors straight goal wonderful you know Milik's pass for Chiesa that's Juventus level and I and I don't see that enough I just see lots of errors from everyone um and so it's it's kind of annoying me even though I know that they are all all there but I, I do agree with Allegri in the sense that they this is a team that has a lot of legs but I just with the movements that they're making, with the chances that they're getting, I just want to ask you this question. If this was Carlos Tevez, if this was Higuain, would would this have been a 6-0 against Empoli? And so then I'm just left thinking, what do I think? Is this a bad coach? Because, you know, perhaps Pioli would do better with these players, would do a lot better with these players. And perhaps the old guys will do a lot better with Allegri. Yeah, I, I just think that he's the wrong coach for them and then the wrong players for him and something's not working. And I I know that I'm not supposed to be this disappointed after a win, but I don't know why. There's this weird feeling within me. There are sometimes defeats that I'm all right about. And I guess there are sometimes wins that I'm like, I don't see the level that I usually expect. Um, so anyway... Perhaps I'm being dramatic. I'd love to hear from you. So shout back at me uh, with your own postcard. I look forward to hearing it. Ciao. Hey, Mina. Hey, Chronicles Tifosi. I feel like I'm very disappointing this week. Mina's off in Monaco, uh, living that glamorous life and mingling. Uh, I'm mingling at home with Ross and a uh, very cluttered desk as well. She my desk. I thought, do I want to see him and show them that desk? It's a bit of a mess at the moment. I've got a very nice piece lily next to me that my friend um, Colette got me for my birthday, but uh, it's not quite Monaco. I am off next week, actually. I'm going to get a few days away during the uh, international break in Spain, which I am very much looking forward to. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, I'm Looking forward to seeing a first look of Luciano Spalletti's Italy team. I'm nervous. I'm obviously nervous about it. Um, these are uh, international qualifiers. It feels like that sort of um, calm before the storm, this international break in terms of the club football. I know Rudy Garcia sort of talked about it as we come back to the marathon after this. Um, but actually, these, these are very important games for Italy against Ukraine and North Macedonia. They do need to get results from them right away. And that's a big ask for a, a manager coming straight in. Um, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about the national team, though. So um, looking forward to that one in a nervous way, looking forward to seeing what, what he's up to. Um 
from the club football. Gosh, it was it was definitely like a big round of games, wasn't it? Right before the international break, obviously with Milan going to Roma and with Inter playing Fiorentina and with um, the big one being, I think, Napoli against Lazio, certainly by the time the results came out. Mina, you said you weren't surprised by this one at all. And I think like in some ways with hindsight, it feels like dead obvious, doesn't it? Because as you said, they did win last year um, or not even last year, six months ago, Lazio won in Naples 1-0. And what I think actually was most fascinating about this was, you know, I was reading some uh, editorials from from Naples, from sort of the... um, Neapolitan press-led publications in in uh, in in Naples and, and criticism of of Rudy Garcia and saying, oh, uh, uh, he you can't do a revolution halfway, right? Like uh, if you do a revolution halfway, then you're already dead. Which, by the way, with current affairs and things that happen in Russia, sound a little bit on the nose, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of understand in sporting terms what they're getting at with that idea, right? Like if you don't go all the way in with changing something. If you try and just sort of take someone else's idea and tinker with it, as Rudy Garcia has perhaps been accused of doing with this Napoli team so far, because he is still playing Spalletti's 4-3-3, the starting 11 that faced um, Lazio this weekend was nine out of 11 in the same starters that faced Lazio in March. The only ones that weren't in the team were Kim, who's gone to Bayern, and Lozano, who's gone to PSV. So in many ways, sort of doing this little tinkering, um, but I think my ultimate conclusion about it was um, uh, it's actually that he hasn't changed anything that's the problem because it was the same game almost. Alasio came in, they, they did really deep banks, uh, really deep sort of compact formation, said basically we're not letting you into the penalty area and you can have the ball wherever you want outside of that. And that's exactly what happened in March when Spalletti was manager um, with exactly the same outcome, Lazio winning. Yes, this game started to feel a bit sort of um, more extreme in the second half because at 2-1, Lazio having been on the back foot really in the first half before Luis Alberto's goal, which was incredible. Um, well, was it incredible? It was bad marking, but it was a, a ridiculous Luis Alberto moment. Um, uh, yeah, the second half when Guendouzi came on and, and set up Sarkanyan and scored himself both disallowed, it did feel at that point like Lazio were, were, were taking over more than they had perhaps last uh, last time around. But I, I think putting too much of this on Garcia is ridiculous. I think... Um, uh, Sarri, even at the end of it, um, obviously happy to have won as, as, as Lazio manager, but saying uh, when I was growing up, um, the managers, coaches always told me that uh, August football is a liar. And I think he's dead on. I think I've always said it about pre-season friendlies. I think it's probably true of these early season games as well. Teams aren't up to speed. Players haven't got their legs yet. I think if you looked at the goals that, that Lazio scored, a lot of it was actually just about players moving more sharp than some of their Napoli counterparts were in the second half. And that's not about Garcia. We'll, we'll see where the players are in, in a month or two's time. I, I'm not absolving Garcia either. I just think judging this game as some verdict on him when you didn't judge him on it being a verdict on him when he won the first two games is is silly. Like people can make judgments about him in time. When I say you, Mina, I know you haven't been doing this, but some of the things that I was reading this morning, like I said, um, from Naples definitely were uh, going down that path a little bit. So, um, yeah, I I think it was an interesting game. I think Lazio needed the win really, really badly. Um, and uh, I think, again, I, Sarri, who's always so good for, for, for quotes. By the way, Sarri, who stuck his middle finger up at, uh, 
a fan uh, before the game and uh, um, I sort of, everything about Maurizio Sarri is always just so purely Maurizio Sarri, isn't it? I was about to say lately, but actually it's just who he is all the time. There was the um, showing his little finger to someone before the game and afterwards some criticism comes down and um, and uh, there'd been this initial report that he was showing his, his, he was flipping the bird to someone for saying Forza Napoli at him because of course he was uh, Napoli manager before and uh, sorry not apologising not saying oh maybe I shouldn't have done that maybe I should have been um, the, the the bigger man or been professional and not 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 sworn at a fan but his response which went out as like an official statement on the club's twi- um, Twitter was just well I can promise you he didn't say Forza Napoli which I have no doubt is true but I just thought it was a very Manizio Sadi response just it was a very Manizio Sadi comment he was making beforehand about um, uh, about how in uh, in Florence they say it's either bread or, or getting hit by a rock, and you know this result sort of proving it is. I mean, that's saying sorry. It's a very odd um, uh, uh, phrase he used, um, but it's a very particular one. It basically means look um, either. Um, when things are good, they're always great. When they're bad, they're absolutely disastrous. There's no in between. And, and I think um, that um, definitely was was how it felt by the end of this game, right, with the coverage of everything. Lazio had been terrible for two games. And now they were brilliant. Napoli had been brilliant for two games. Now they're terrible. It's all rubbish. Let them go off the international break and we'll, we'll see afterwards. But Napoli, Napoli, um, Lazio needed the win. And I think for that, it is big. Um, and I think it was an indication of how they can succeed if they will succeed this season. Luis Alberto being uh, the church in the centre of the village, I suppose, to use the Rudy Garcia phrase, it has to be him um, now that, that Malinkovic Savage is gone. Kamada was good. It was good to see him get his first goal. But I think Alberto has to be the creative hub of this team if it's going to work. Um, he's butted heads with Sarri so much in the last couple of years. I mean, it's been this recurring annual theme where he doesn't show up for pre-season training when everyone expects him to and different reasons given each time. But um, the relationship between those two is going to be really important going forward. I think that's definitely true. I think what you said about Osimhen mean is definitely true. And the big question with Osimhen is why hasn't this contract been signed yet, right? Like we were talking about this contract being signed more than a month ago. And that's not Garcia's issue to resolve. That's between the club and Osimhen. And the longer it goes, the more you start to think, well, is he actually not planning to sign it? And he just wants to write it down a bit and, and put himself in that stronger market position. So interesting times for both Napoli and Lazio. Interesting times for Milan and Roma. Of course, another good win for Milan. Really like a game in two parts, this one, wasn't it? Because um, I think up to Tamori sending off, Milan were just in total control of it. And it was only really after they went down to 10 men that things got a bit more interesting. Gosh, I already talked about it. We did our little thing together last week at Sky, Mina. I I do wonder if part of the issue for for Roma is just it's Mourinho third season syndrome all over, isn't it? You take away that sort of overwhelming drive that he's able to give teams when he's his best self. When he's his best self, that's what he's so good at, is getting teams to go all in with him. And... Maybe it's just because he's not been there, right? Maybe it's because he's been serving the suspension. Maybe that's part of why they haven't had that at the start of the season. Um, because it, it feels like they are not doing that right now. It, the, the quality in the team we can talk about till the cows come home, I think there's no question in my head that Milan and, and Inter have more quality, but there's not that compensatory part of it of just we're going to go harder than you. And without that, it's very hard to see how Roma are going to recover, even if Lukaku 
turns out to be a hit. He obviously came off the bench. He had a shot that was okay. You know, I think he, he, he wasn't unhelpful once he came on, but I don't think he's going to fix it all on his own either. So problems for Roma. Definitely looking like a two-team, uh, two teams as, uh, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say it's looking like it could really be a Milan-centric, sorry, a, a Milan-centric, the city rather than the team uh, title race with both Milan and Inter starting so well. And with so much like about them. I wanted to talk to you, um, Mina, about this this nonsense. I'm already telling you what I think about it. This nonsense with the um, Italian Football Federation investigating um, Milan's players for, um, uh, for... Sorry, I just whacked my arm off the... Uh, uh, off the... Uh, um, uh, desk I'm next to. Sorry, professional video streaming moment. Um, yeah, the, this nonsense with fans singing, uh, with the players singing chants on the team bus. That is a chant, by the way, that they literally have played at the start of games at San Siro for Milan that the Lega Serie A's own Twitter account will put out there uh, on Twitter days ago as like a, look what great atmosphere in Serie A moment. And now you're saying it's unprofessional and it needs an inquiry. The players are singing songs on the bus because perhaps there's like a little dig at Juventus in there. It's nonsense. It makes me angry. I think when this league still, um, I, I know more is being done, but still hasn't got on top of and doesn't always correct the best to issues like racism, the fact that they get involved in this ridiculous stuff about players having a good time after they won a big game and, and chanting, being all in in the moment is is absurd. So I just wanted to vent my little anger about that. Um, but really great stuff um, for, for, for Milan. You know, we've been waxing lyrical about uh, Pulisic, I felt the last couple of weeks, but Leal back at the centre of things scoring. Uh, Giroud just being consistent um, and getting those penalties in to start this season. Uh, it's been a really promising start. And the same goes for Inter. I think the only thing that perhaps um, comes out of this weekend for these two teams that, that might be big is Tomori's now going to miss the derby. And you can get differing opinions on that because I definitely saw one Inter account on Twitter um, sort of joking, oh, it's a shame they won't have Tomori for the derby because they were running that video video of, uh, of Lautaro uh, turning him inside out, should we say, on the way to scoring um, in the derby. And and I, it's certainly true, Tomori hasn't always had a good time against Lautaro. So uh, whether or not that will be the big miss that everyone thinks, we'll see. But I, I, I have some sympathy for the argument that they were slightly sort of uh, bitchy foul yellow cards. Meanwhile, Nicola Barella for Inter did not get sent off while giving some feedback to the referee, which... I'm not even necessarily saying that I think they always should be sent off for that. But I think initially, sometimes those have been punished very harshly and there is inconsistency on those. So I understand fan frustration. And Barella obviously would be a big loss to Inter. I think that's the Barella conversation all, all over every year is can he keep his temperament in check rather than his talent? Because his talent, as always, is magnificent. Mina, I'm already running long on this. I haven't even addressed Lecce. I'm, I'm so with you on the excitement about about them. So not with you if you're thinking they might be in the in the European race. But I loved your enthusiasm. Um, I wanted to share my enthusiasm for Gianluca Scamacca um, because, uh, of course, scoring on his full debut for Atalanta. Uh, we've been excited about him coming back to Italy. I think it's already looking like that was the right decision for him to 
a uh, to, to to be an Atalanta and be in a club that we know knows how to make the, the use of, of of talent like his. Charlie Catalara got an assist in that game as well. Everything that we thought about that Atalanta project so far is looking is looking like it's it's trending in the direction that we thought. So that was my other big takeaway uh, from this weekend, Mina. Uh, I'm curious to know what you thought about the. Um, uh, Milan player singing on the bus. I'm curious to know what you um, think about the the Milan and Adinter. I know you were very sort of high on Inter and I understand why, but do you think Milan uh, are as much a part of that title race as I do? Uh, Juventus, I'll touch on very quickly because you mentioned them. Um, I think you didn't miss much not getting to see them live. I was texting you that wasn't on Sunday night. Yeah, you're not missing much. They're all right. Um, this, these flashes you see in that team, you talked about lack of talent, you see these flashes uh, like Paul Pogba um, scoring brilliant goals this loud and you think, oh, wouldn't it be magical if Pogba could be back where he was? And then, you know, today I see more reports about him being injured all over again. So um, my, my doubts that that will ever happen are, are strong. Um, but Chiesa has had a good start to the season. I think that was one of those really encouraging moments where you see he goes down on that goal and, and then gets up and keeps going. He doesn't look for the foul. He doesn't look for what could easily have been uh, a, a foul and a red card type of moment just push on and score the goal instead so there are bright sparks in there but I, I'm slightly with you on, on questions about the overall talent in that group which is why for me I think it is already um, the Milan clubs and Napoli because I'm not jerking my knees so hard in, in reaction to that one game who are other front runners for me but that's going to be it for me and uh, yeah let me know what you think I'm sorry it's taken so long to get back to you on this voice note. I am having such problems with Wi-Fi and my Vodafone, (laughs) who I'm with, I don't have enough credit or whatever it is to let me upload this voice note. So I'm having to always wait for Wi-Fi everywhere. And it's just not that strong in Monaco, um, as you can see. I've got the water behind me. I did promise you to show you some scenery. Um, But... I wanted to laugh with you a little bit because, um, Nikki, there's a lot of what you said that I completely agree on. And let's, I I just want to start with one thing that I kind of wish you understood if you followed Formula One, but basically, Atalanta, uh, Scamacca, brilliant, right? But what I loved is Martin Turun's post on Instagram because he said, I'm just trying to force the headline, a Dutchman takes victory on Monza. Now, basically, Max Verstappen is a Dutch driver and he's always winning Formula One. He's just won 10 races in a row. And they were saying, oh, it's a, you know, we're going to hear the Dutch anthem again because, you know, the, Max is going to win this race again. Um, and it's a race in Monza, so they wanted Ferrari to win, right? <laughs> it didn't work out. And uh, not only did Max also win the Formula One race, but Darun in his Atalanta side won over Monza. I wonder if you have any... Um, I think we can all expect Monza to not be what they were last season, right? But my question to you is, is where do you think that they're going to end up? I had this really hot take last year and I didn't really want to share it too much. But in my opinion, had Palladino started that season, then potentially they could have been really fighting for some exciting spots at the top of the, the league. Not top four, but quite far up, let's say. Um, it's only because they didn't start off so well. Um, but... I don't know what to make of Atalanta. I'm not entirely sure it's going to come together. They're doing very well. And I think Scamacca certainly made the right choice by going there because Gasparini is exactly the type of coach that I think he requires. He loves to play within a system. We saw that under Deserbi. 
and now we're going to see it on the Gasparini. So certainly for him, I think this is a, a great move. We're seeing his potential. We're seeing Charles de Catellare. I think it's interesting the way that Gasparini is speaking in his conferences because he really seems to rate Di Catellari. And I, and I feel like I'm so happy to watch this boy under somebody who really rates him um, and perhaps without the kind of pressure that comes with wearing a Milan jersey. So maybe if he's good enough, then he can return. Um, especially this, uh, this excellent, excellent Milan side. I agree with you. I do think this is going to be a Milan-centric um, Scudetto challenge. Having said all of this, I'm not yet willing to give up on some of the challenges, and that includes Napoli and Juventus. The Napoli one, you're, when you were reading about what you were telling me the, about the revolution, it's interesting because I always go back to this quote that's uh, from Pep Guardiola, in which he says at the time, um, in order to win again, in order to target more things, we must always rev- we must always bring in new players so that there's that challenge, that hunger remains within the side. If we keep the same things and keep trying to go again and again, it starts to eventually crumble. It's a little bit of what Pochettino was trying to explain as well when he was at Spurs and they had reached the Champions League final. And he was saying, like, you know, I need money because I need challenge. Like, this team was obviously good enough to have done so well in the Champions League, but it's, I need more. And we knew what happened then. But perhaps what he, what uh, Rudy Garcia needed was just more introduction of players, which wasn't going to happen when Di Laurentiis just watched the side do so well. So I still think this will come together. Um, I certainly don't think they're going to be the Napoli of last season. But even I was amazing with the Napoli of last season. I really think that, I mean, Spalletti just did such a tremendous, tremendous job. Um, Also, this is a different interim meeting, right? Like, I'm excited to see how far they can get. And, and quick take, I'm interested to see if I ask you right now, who's going to win the derby? Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Mina or is it going to be Inter? Because my money is still on Inter winning it. So I just feel like right now, a team that hasn't conceded any goals at the start of the season, that has Marcus Turan playing like that, that has people questioning whether or not this Inter side, with, despite letting go of of the likes of Skriniar, Brozovic, Lukaku, obviously, might just be stronger. I mean, I don't know, but they have a good midfield. They are looking really hot. I didn't expect it all to come together at the start of the season. So right now, they're showing me the kind of balance that I want to see from a side. So... Look, they're never going to be a team that is like 90 minutes completely concentrated in every match. I think that's quite hard to ask for, to be honest with you. But against Milan, without Tomori, with Tomori, I'm, there's still some doubts that I have about Milan. Just put it, put it that way. Um, although they are looking so fly right now, they're looking so hot and their attack just comes together so well because there are so many different avenues to go. You know, they're no longer dependent on layout. So it's either, you know, but of course when he's on, who could be better than Leao, right? So it's it's Leao, it's Giroud always scoring consistently. He's somebody that doesn't really make mistakes. Then you've got the beauty of um, Pulisic. I'm waiting for Chikweze to show us what he's really capable of because I think his ceiling is quite high. And then you add into that, you know, the midfield right now with Loftus-Cheek playing really, really well to the extent that the Milan players were upset they can be substituted off, um, knowing that it's purely which is the safety 
pair of hands that I actually really trust in general. Um, I, I trust purely probably even more than I trust Zimoni and Zaghi, if I'm very honest with you. Um, Rinders, oh my God, it's just it's so many names. It's just, it's just the back line. It's just the back line that sometimes scares me against a, a very full force attack. And we'll see that against Inter and I think we can make better judgments then because maybe I have nothing to worry about and Milan are actually like a super, super balanced team all over. Or maybe I do have something to worry about. But I think this is going to be so exciting. There's a part of me that wishes it's come too soon. But another part of me that's like, great, so I can take loads of hot takes after that. <laughs> um, uh, Leche. Okay, I'm not saying pushing for, for... I don't think they're going to push for Europe. I don't think they're going to be like on par with Fiorentina who... <laughs> what happened there huh um but i do think that they can maybe push for like 12th which is somewhere that i didn't ever expect Lecce to be so i mean they're the team that like i told you i thought that they would be relegated juventus people are really high on Kayser and that goal at the moment and i get that um Listen, you never know. Maybe they'll get it together in November, which is roughly the time that Allegri usually gets it together with Juventus. Or maybe they'll be exposed for the fact that that midfield still doesn't look that strong to me. Pogba with another injury. Thankfully, it's not serious. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of the, of the squad. So I, I kind of miss all the veterans. I know that people want young and I think we should go for young too because I believe in sustainability and all of this business. But I'm also a fan of the oldies. Um, as for Roma, <laughs> can I just guys tell you that Simon, who's our producer, is a Roma fan. And so he wrote to us saying, <laughs> what a time to be a Roma fan or imagine being a Roma fan right now. And I see where you're coming from, Nikki. You know, is, is this the... Uh, sort of third season syndrome um maybe or maybe in all honesty um i i kind of agree a little bit with i agree a little bit with oh my my speakers are going off and on so i hope you're hearing me well um maybe i a little bit agree with capello uh Matich is a big loss um it's a big loss and i think that Matic and Cristante together was a great team without Matic you see that the midfield filter isn't there and then do you remember it's something I always go back to people talk about defenders a lot it's your midfield that ensures a strong defense it's your midfield that ensures a strong attack it's the balance in your midfield if you don't have it I don't care if you've got Chiesa uh, sorry Chiesa if you have Chiellini or Bonucci or Smalling or whoever some of the greats even the best centre-backs you know there's no more Baresis in the world and so there'll be some great center acts, but if you don't have a midfield that works hard, when you don't have like, you know, when Juventus had the BBC and everyone talked about it, yeah, but what we don't fail to ever recognize was the fact that there was also a Kadira who, who used to step into the gaps and make sure that that was cornered off or sealed off. We also saw a Blaise Matuidi running in endlessly to cover any mistakes. You, you have to note these things when even when we talk about great defenses. And so I think that the midfield is so important and so you can have a great stalling you can have great center backs but if you don't have Matic up front you know like when Chelsea had that strong defense if you don't have Kante there stopping everything it makes a difference it makes a difference when Tonali last season was running for three men when they considered even less because they had Kessie too it was the midfield that ensured Tomori did so well and Tomori was exposed when that midfield started to lose its balance and Roma's balance has been lost in midfield 
So that is something that they need to address. I don't know if they can or not. There was all these questions now being asked about an, uh, an argument, actually, Nikki. Um, I'm sure that you, you saw that afterwards about how heated it got into the dressing rooms um, where players want something more exciting to play with, different types of tactics. Mourinho angry at overall at how the team is playing. I honestly don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, they've spent money. I mean, over the three years that Mourinho's been there, it's not like they haven't spent money. If it's not on buying the players they want, it's certainly on salaries. So you've got Lukaku now, you've got the striker that you dreamed of. So, well, we have to give him time because it's only fair. Um, but let's see what they can do. I mean, people were saying, now that you have Lukaku, you should be challenging for the Scudetto. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Have you guys seen it? <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I'm interested to see the derby. Um, I want to see what happens with Atalanta. And I also want to see Vincenzo Italiano at Fiorentina. It's been hard because obviously he's, he's had to play matches in the Conference League, so the players have already been a little bit overextended at this early stage of the season, playing so many games, but... I'm also interested to see the balance that they have within that side, if there is going to be the balance required to ensure success. Because sometimes perhaps they're a team that attacks so well but really don't know the other side of it as well as they should. Anyway. Podcast Network.